There's a world inside my head I get lost in here from time to time No one has a spare key The only one is inside of me Hello again and welcome back to AEA's Q&A Astrology Podcast where we answer questions about anything astrology. Once again, this is your homeless astrologer, Meg Sanchez. Tonight's question is not an easy one to answer. That's why I need to broach the subject sensitively, especially at a time like this where matters of life and death haunt us daily. So here's the question. I received this question via email from someone who calls himself Man on a Mission. And he asked, Dear Meg, I hope you won't find this question too controversial for your podcast, but I've been listening to your Spotify podcast and I find your perspective of astrology to be both very spiritually profound and yet reality-based, which is rare. Everyone seems to be looking for a way out a way to escape the pain, and to most newcomers on the spiritual path, that promise of eternal bliss, luck, abundance, in short, a pain-free life is their novocaine or the anesthetic that numbs them so they don't have to face the real issues. Because before any truth can set you free, we all know, those of us that have been on the path for a long time, You must walk alone in darkness. Die to yourself and rise from that. So here is my question. What is your take on death? And how do you discuss this in your readings? Thank you very much, Man on a Mission, for that question. Here's the thing. I know you asked this question about two weeks ago or more even and it's taken me a while to answer it because only recently I've had a few relatives who were diagnosed with COVID and I had an aunt who passed away from it so I needed to collect myself think about it some more and take it from a perspective where I'm not so emotional about it. So, even though I know that death is only physical and the spirit, the soul lives on, truth is we're here on this plane, on earth, and what matters to us is what we feel, see, touch, smell, all our five senses. This is how we experience, this is the soul journey that we have chosen to live out. And so anything that disappears from sight that we can no longer feel, touch, smell, hear, be with, when it's taken away from us, it hurts. And therefore, pain is not something that's very comfortable for anybody, especially on a physical plane any kind of pain we feel it more than if we were just
pure spirit or souls. We feel it because we have nerve endings as human beings. We feel it in our bodies. We feel it in the muscles. We feel it in the chest. We don't just feel the feelings, we feel a physical reaction to those feelings. And so those who seek spirituality, like you said, the newcomers on this path, always start out from that perspective, hoping to find relief from everything. And I always remind myself that I was there once, maybe long ago, and I've traveled a long way since then, realized so much about life. And perhaps this is why, like you said in your question, I approach things both from a very profound spiritual perspective at the same time reality-based because I understand what it means to want relief. So now, in the past, when you think about it, those that started out really early on in life on a spiritual path, the impetus was pain. The impetus was suffering. People like us probably lived through a lot of pain early on in our lives, and therefore we sought relief. We looked everywhere to find it. And the truth is, following a spiritual path is the best way. And it's not necessarily a way out, but it's the best way to deal with all kinds of pain, including death any kind of death. Like you said, we have to die to ourselves and rise above that. So throughout the course of anyone on a spiritual path, we're gonna have to keep dying to ourselves, closing chapters, reinventing, rediscovering, remembering, becoming someone new. I don't recognize myself from 10, 20 years ago. So I don't blame the newcomers. I understand that everybody now, especially, you know, we had to go through personal experiences to seek spirituality for relief. Now, the world has been brought to its knees because of COVID. And so this pandemic has caused everybody around the world to suffer. Because of this, people are turning inwards and if I'm, if I'm to look at a positive thing that's come out of this pandemic, perhaps that would be it. Because maybe we have been living too much on the outside, seeking things on the outside, where everything we need is within. Everything we need to know, everything we need to survive, everything we need to sustain this life is within. In regard to death, in astrology, when I teach my classes, I discuss death. The eighth house gives you an idea about how a person is going to die. And then we also look at the fourth house. We look at transits. We look at Saturn and Pluto and Mars. If there's any violence, if there's, you know, there are many, many planets and aspects to look at when we're looking at death on a chart. 
6th house, 12th house, 6th house of health, 12th house of hospitalization, Neptune passing through the ascendant. There are so many things that can show up that could show the possibility of death, Chiron. But uh, when, when I sat down with several astrologers and we went through several charts of celebrities or famous people who have died and we looked at their dates of death and the transits, there really is no one aspect. And my perspective, ours, us in that meeting who discussed it, we decided that, well, perhaps we're not meant to predict it. There are transits that will show a very strong possibility, but some people have survived those transits. So we never really know exactly when we do know the circumstances, which are very clear on a chart, revolving around a person's death. But in readings, it's a sensitive topic. When I talk to clients, not everybody wants to know about their deaths. And I certainly don't offer it. Now, if they're asking, some clients have come to me and said that they're sick. Some of them are highly spiritual and they say, hey, Meg, can you see my death? And so I give them an idea of how things might pan out when death is nearby. But that, you know, these, these types of clients are usually very spiritual and so they've come to terms with, with the idea of death. And to be honest, um, the last time I thought about death before the pandemic was 2016. I remember it clearly when David Bowie died. For those of you who don't know David Bowie, he's a famous singer-songwriter from the 80s. And, well, it was, it was a very sad thing for me when I heard that he had died. And the generation that grew up with Labyrinth, the film, mourns or mourned David Bowie's death a lot. There are enough tributes and a Lazarus video as his epitaph, and so I'm not going to eulogize. But I do want to give voice to his legacy. So let me go into um, David Bowie for a little bit. There'll always be that frame of a goblin king dancing with a badass heroine in a romantic white dress, as in the film Labyrinth and his music echoes and it stays behind. And in the film, there's this quote by Jareth, the film The Labyrinth, it's only forever, not long at all. That work of art, if you think about it, the work of art that you've done, that line you penned, that spray on a canvas, the photograph you took bears witness to a mortal world and oddly carries on like Bowie. It's quite simple. Create and live forever. Much like the one who made you in his image. So the message of Bowie or any other artist that lives on is to be utterly besotted with life and then immortalize the transient moment with a song 
a work of art, a poem, the Mona Lisa, the Taj Mahal, a light bulb invention, something newborn and tender to the world. Or better yet, live a wild and expansive life and walk the earth like it's never been walked before. Then you become larger than life itself. Our shared fortune is death. What lies ahead is that one day, my time is up. Same as you, same as all of us. And I keep forgetting that things passed, except for now. Every day, we, in this pandemic, are reminded. And so, in the past, I neglected that I, I am quite, you know, finite. Somehow the distinction blurs even when all around me nature screams of impermanence. My own body dares me to notice the lines in my face akin to decaying leaves. The leaves become red, then brown. They dry up and one day will vanish. And so when David Bowie unexpectedly dies, I'm shaken. When a family member unexpectedly dies, I'm shaken. Shaken from a day-to-day -day where time passes, and yet I imagine no sand trickling down the hourglass. Shaken with an urgent sense of decaying leaves in the sands of time. And so I write with an acute need to live large on paper. I find my outlets. I find my ways of coping. To fill more pages with a life story my story, some enchantment, some alchemy, or genius that just sticks around. Do you need a prod? Do you need a little darkness to get you going? I say, walk this earth, spend your life with gladness, bear witness, write more poetry, paint your portrait of aliveness, be a mother, be a father, a brother, a sibling, friend. Find the language for passion and pain, for spirit, and for hunched up in a corner too scared to live. You're in the labyrinth and you have 13 hours to solve it. That's how it goes in the film. Dance the tango of life and death. Do it like a goblin king or a badass damsel in a romantic dress. This life of yours right now should explode with meaning. Fill the shadows with as much light as you can muster and leave a blazing trail. It's only forever, not long at all. Jared, the Labyrinth. So there, that's my take on death. I hope that answers your question. Thank you very much for listening. That wasn't a very easy question to answer, but I hope that helped you a little bit. Man on a Mission, thanks a lot for that question. It caused me to contemplate, so thank you. Once again, this is your homeless soul astrologer, Meg Sanchez. Till the next time, I'll be signing off now.
There's a world inside my head I get lost in here from time to time No one has a spare key, the only one is inside of me